place, we're going to enter into the world of scripture in the form of a poem. It says, hey, welcome to my world, a place where the natural eyes can't see, where your physical bodies can't be, where the last is first, the first is last, the end is told from the beginning, and when it appears as though one is losing, they're actually winning. Where trumpets are depicted as voices, the persecuted righteous don't complain, but actually rejoice. Here, swords are likened to the word, the demons are bird, the dead are yet alive, the living are actually dead, blood and flesh are even depicted as wine and bread. It's a place wherein the humble are depicted as poor, and the poorer one becomes, they're later found to be that much richer. Speaking of no other place than the Yasin world scripture. So please turn off your phones, prick up your ears, and get ready to listen. For Ruach Kakradesh is about to begin teaching. Hallelujah. All right, so we're continuing on in... Uh, story of Joseph. Mm. Now last week we determined that the two chiefs of the Pharaoh, the two chiefs of Pharaoh speak to the two covenants of Elohim. You know, the butler, the covenant of wine, i.e. The, the truth of Elohim, and the chief baker, the covenant of bread, i.e. the will of Elohim. You know, that said, last week I misspoke when I stated that Joseph taught them there's no indication in the passage that he actually talked to them, but that he served them, you know, and even though teaching is a way of serving, it is not the only way of serving. So I just, since it was not there, I just figured I'd correct that and just uh, say what is there, and that is that he served them. Now, understanding their story, that is, understanding the story of these two chiefs and how they fell out of favor with Pharaoh, you know, and how they were reprimanded by being bound in prison, you know, as well as their dreams is essential in understanding Yahushua's ecclesia, future rise to power as depicted in scripture. Now, uh, we see a depiction of Yahshua's ecclesia actually rising to power. Many people have actually, you know, mislabeled these passages into thinking that it was speaking of Yahshua and help of himself, but it's actually speaking about the body of Yahshua, his ecclesia. You know, um, Yeshayahu 66, uh, 7 and 8, which says, Before she travailed, she brought forth. Before her pain came, she was delivered of a man-child. Who have heard such a thing? Who have seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Mm -hmm. Also, um, we have Revelation uh, 5, which also bears witness. It says, uh, Revelation 5 says, And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto Elohim to his throne you know and um, lastly the last witness for the day is Romans 8 18 and 19 it says for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall re be revealed in us for the earnest expectation of the creature waiting for the manifestation of the sons of Elohim hallelujah you know and so these I'm sorry. These passages are speaking of the rise of the body of Yahshua, his ecclesia becoming prevalent upon the earth once again. You know, right now, you know, 
uh, as depicted by the story of Joseph, they are bound. They are in prison. You know, hence they are not able to do what they used to do. We continue on in Genesis 40, verses 5 through 8. Let me have my first reader read Genesis 40, verses 5 through 8, please. And they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man his dream in one night, each man according to the interpretation of his dream, the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, which were bound in the prison. And Joseph came in unto them in the morning, and looked upon them, and behold, they were sad. And he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of the Lord's house, saying, Wherefore look ye so sadly today? And they said unto him, We have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, Do not interpretations belong to Elohim? Tell me them, I pray you. Hallelujah. Okay, so here it is. We have both of the chiefs. Both of the chiefs of, of Pharaoh. You know, and we know Pharaoh, his name means... Anyone help me out? The great house. Absolutely. And so the great house of Mitzrayim or the great house of Egypt. And Egypt represents yes, the letter of the word. You know, and so here it is. We have these two chiefs of the great house you know um, of the letter of the word of the word and they both dream a dream. Each man is dreaming one night, each man according to the interpretation of his dream. You know, and so here it is, Joseph, he comes by, he see they're sad, he's asking them what's wrong, you know, and they say, you know, we had these dreams, we don't know what to make of them, you know, and here it is, Joseph says something, says something profound. He says, do not interpretations belong to Elohim. They absolutely do. And then he said, tell me, them I pray you and saying that he's you know he's presuming himself to be of Elohim because only Elohim can interpret uh, do interpretations even by his own mouth right so he must consider himself of Elohim you know so he has not left what he what um, what he was brought up in he's not left the El that he was brought up with uh, through his parents you know even though he was over in Mitzrayim you know, and that's important to to note because Mitzrayim had many Elohim, right? You know, so scriptural dreams are nothing more than, than prophecies, you know. But that's not to say all dreams are prophecy, you know, because all dreams don't come from Yah. The enemy can bring about dreams as well. And so understanding that, we're also to understand that all dreams are not prophecy. You know, all dreams, you know, are not going to come true. You know, so you may have some dreams that may be of Elohim, you may have some that's not. So, you know, that is not a good indicator as to what's going to happen in your life. Hmm. You know, so um, make good note of that. Hmm. Now, knowing that all scriptural dreams are prophetic, you know, in conjunction with knowing that Yah tells the end from the beginning, teaches us that scriptural dreams also have a prophetic end times meaning. You know, for Yah teaches 
what was, what is, and what is to come simultaneously. That is the Yasun characteristic of his word. His word is true yesterday, it's true today, and it'll be true tomorrow. Amen? You know, and so that is the miraculous aspect of his word. You know, now this also teaches us that um, this interpretation can very well have a meaning for the end times. You know, but as Yosef says, the interpretations belong to Yah. So we're going to use Yah and his word to interpret the dreams. Amen? You know, and so we're about to get off into the dream interpretation. I thought this was one, just a cool picture. I just figured <laughs> I had to throw it up there. I just, it was just so beautiful when I was looking for pictures and I seen it just pop out and I was like, I gotta go with that one. You know, I know AI drew it though. Um, <laughs> I can assure you it did. You know, nevertheless, cool picture. Uh, so we're gonna get into the dream interpretation because what I want you to understand is Without the interpretation of these dreams, Yosef would have never rose to power. I pray that you, you guys can, can, can grasp that. You know, if he wouldn't have never interpreted these dreams correctly, you know, he would have never been thought of, you know, when Pharaoh had his dream and was looking for someone to interpret it. You know, so these, this dream interpretation played an intricate part and his rise to power, you know. So we're gonna start off with Chief Butler's dream. You know, uh, let me have my next read, read Genesis 40 verses nine through 13. <clears throat> and the Chief Butler told his dream to Joseph and said to him in my dream, behold, a vine was born before me. And in the vine were three branches and it was as though it budded and her blossoms shot forth and the clusters thereof brought forth ripe grapes and pharaoh's cup was in my hand and i took the grapes and pressed them into pharaoh's cup and i gave the cup into pharaoh's hand and joseph said unto him this is the interpretation of it the three branches are three days yet within three days shall pharaoh lift up thy head and restore thee into thy place and thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner when thou lost his love. Hallelujah. Okay, so this interpretation was sufficient for the chief baker during that time, but today we can discern even more spiritual understanding from the dream. For instance, if we uh, go to Yochanan 15.5, it gives us a little more insight into that vine. It says, I am the vine, and ye are the branches, speaking to his disciples. You know, it's ecclesia. He says, he that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, he can do nothing. And so this is, this is pretty, uh, pretty insightful. You know, now, you know, we know, we knew what the three branches represented, but now we know what the vine represented, right? Mm -hmm. You know, um, and we know what the branches represent as well, outside of them just being three. You know, so the, we see the three spoke to. The number three, the number of branches spoke to the number of days. You know, that's pretty evident from verse um, 10 to verse 13. 
you know, and this was the interpretation that was given to Yosef. It says, in the vine with three branches, you know, and so he interpreted that as within three days. Okay. You know, but Yochanan 15.5 teaches us who the vine is. The vine is Yahshua. And who the branches are. And the branches are his ecclesia. You know, so now we're getting to see a, a fuller picture of this dream slash prophecy, right? You know, by adding this info to what we already know, we conclude that the vines speak to Yahushua with the branches speaking to his ecclesia or, or disciples, um, while the number of branches speak to the number of days it'll take until they ripen. But what are the clusters and the ripened grapes themselves? Well, if we look at scripture, we'll find out. In Yeshayahu, or Isaiah chapter 65, verse 8, it says, Thus saith Yahuwah, as the new wine is found in the cluster, and one saith, Destroy it not, for a blessing is in it, so will I do for my servants' sakes, that I may not destroy them all. So here we see the cluster speaks to his servants. So we have Yahshua being the vine, we have his uh, ecclesia being, being the branches, we have the cluster being his servants, you know, and um, we have a second witness in 2 Ezra 9, 21 and 22, it says, And I saw and spared it greatly, and have kept me a great of the cluster and a plant of a great people. Mm. Let the multitude perish, which was born in vain, and let my great be kept in my plant. For with great labor have I made it perfect. You know, so Yah is working on making that vine, Yahshua's vine, perfect or complete. Amen? Amen. You know, and so um, here it is. We see that the, uh, the grape of the cluster, you know, speaks to a plant of the great people. So we see that the cluster also speaks to a great people. And Isaiah 65, 8 tells us that great people are his servants, you know. And Hosea 9, 10 tells us, I found Israel like grapes in the wilderness. I saw your fathers as the first ripe of the fig tree and at her first time. Uh, but they went to Baal Peor and separated themselves unto that shame and their abominations were accorded according as they loved. Now hereby we learn that the clusters are likened to Yah's servants. The grapes themselves are none other than the great people of Israel. Pharaoh, uh, his name means the great house and the cup and the grape juice uh, or, or new wine speak to Yahushua's covenant as we see in Luke 22 20 likewise also the cup after supper saying um, this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is shed for you now when we add all this together it transforms the butler's dream into a prophecy concerning Yahushua's ecclesia his servants his great people of Israel and the great house of Yahuda mm. You know, so if we take a look at the illustration, so we can determine the vine is Yahshua, right? You know, and then we have the branches. The branches are his ecclesia. Then we have the clusters. The clusters represent his his uh, servants and the grapes themselves. 
the people of Israel, the people, um, great people of Israel. You know, now it goes on to tell us, you know, Yosef uh, tells us that the three vines represent, the three branches represent three days. You know, so here it is, you know, we can see that in three days, this vine is going to grow to the point to where it's, it's ripe and ready to be harvested. You know, and this is speaking concerning the end times. You know, uh, when we go to Revelation, it speaks about the harvest, the great harvest, does it not? You know, that is not, I assure you, that is not coincidence. You know, so here it is. We're being, it's, we, we see a prophecy from dating way back to the time of Joseph concerning Yahshua and how long it would take for the grapes of his vine to be ripened. You know, now the cup represents the cup and the wine within it represents um, Yahshua's covenant. You know, so we see those, you can see those people of Israel being squoze into the cup. You know, and it's just, that's just simply a spiritual picture of them entering into covenant with Yahshua. Can you see that? You know, only thing is like this was there like at least a thousand years or more before it happened. But this is pre precisely um, precisely what, what happened. You know, and you know, it's, it's what happened after those after those three days, you know, and we'll we'll get more into that in the in the next dream. I don't want to spoil it ahead of time, mm -hmm. you know. Now, if we continue on to the chief baker, mm -hmm. uh, to continue on to the chief baker, we, we find that in Genesis forty sixteen through nineteen, it speaks about the chief baker's dream. Let me have my next reader read Genesis forty sixteen through nineteen. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good, he said unto Yosef, I also was in my dream, and behold, I had three white baskets on my head. And in the uppermost basket there was all manner of baked meats for Pharaoh, and the birds did eat them out of the basket upon my head. And Yosef answered and said, This is the interpretation thereof. The three baskets are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thy head from off thee, and shall hang thee on a tree, and the birds shall eat thy flesh from off thee. Not quite as good an uh, interpretation as the butler, right? You know, <laughs> yeah, not, not quite what the baker was expecting, for sure. You know, nevertheless, this was the interpretation thereof. You know, now, in addition to this, we have some things in scripture that help helps us take it even a bit further. In Yochanan 6.35, Yahushua um, said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. You know, and so here it is. We see that Yahshua is a type of bread. He's the bread of life. Amen. You know, and so 
uh, we can liken him unto the bread that's in the baskets. You know, now, especially when we know that the cup represented um, his covenant, and we know his covenant also came along with bread, right? You know, now Matthew Yahoo 13 4 says, And when he, when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them. So, this is an um, interpretation of a parable that Yahshua gave. You know, um, it spoke about the fowls eating, you know. And so we have also in this in this dream the files eating, you know, and Yahshua interpreted this as um, in verse 19 of Matthew 13 says when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside, and so. Uh, from this, you know, we can liken the chief baker to one who receives seed by the wayside, you know, because we see the birds also coming in his uppermost basket and eating the baked meats that were actually for Pharaoh, right? So, this also teaches us um, that the bread speaks to Yahushua's commands, sayings, and words concerning the kingdom. And the birds that did eat speak to the wicked one consuming those commands, words, and sayings from out of one's heart. You know, so when we take a look at the chief baker, he has three baskets upon his head. You know, and as you can see, they're an extension of his head. You know, quite literally, you know, and they represent an extension of his head. Mm. Now, they are white. Well, they're supposed to be white, <laughs> you know. Now, the whiteness actually speaks to, in a good sense, it speaks to righteousness, but in a bad sense, it speaks to stubbornness you know it speaks to stubbornness in, in that you know white only reflects light it doesn't let it in it doesn't absorb it you know so it's a it's a picture of of the light you know Yah's wisdom understanding the truth being turned away you know and so here it is the baskets are white and the birds are eating out of the other the uppermost basket you know, speaking um, to the kingdom of heaven, the most lofty of the baskets. You know, and so here it is. We had a bird eaten out of it, just as we saw in the parable of the sower. And as the parable of the sower interpreted for us, you know, it represents them eating the commandments, words, and sayings um, concerning the kingdom out of the mind of the chief baker. Now that's a pretty big offense when you consider that the chief baker is the chief chief cook. So, you know, and the chief cook to the house, to the great house which represents the house of Elohim, right? You know, and so, like, this is a big deal. Now, how Yosef uh, discerned that his head 
would be removed. Hmm. It's simply because when he gets to Pharaoh after carrying, you know, the uh, bread in this manner, when he gets to Pharaoh, he would have to remove the baskets from his head. But remember, the baskets represent an extension of his head. So the baskets would have to come down in order to be presented before Pharaoh. So you see a picture of his head being removed. Mm. Hmm. You know, if, if, if your, your imagination will allow you to see that. Mm. You know, it it's, depicts a picture of his head having to be removed to present the bread to Pharaoh. Mm. Okay? You know, now, of course, Pharaoh is going to be very displeased and unhappy when he see the bread seeing that the, um, the birds you know consumed it all the way to him getting there so he wasn't protecting the bread properly you know and so here it is so just simply a picture of the wicked one and his cronies you know snatching the word of the kingdom from out of his mind you know which like for this fellow leads unto death you know, and so, you know, this is an interpretation of his dream. Bless you. You know, and so, this is what's going to happen in the end times as well. Mm. You know, this is what happened during the time of, of Yahshua. You know, hence he gave the parable at that time. Mm. Yeah, because that's what was happening. Some, some uh, other people was receiving it by the wayside and, you know, the bread of life that was that was being put into into their their hearts into the kingdom of Elohim within their hearts was being consumed by the fowls of the air by the wicked one and his and his and his cronies they were consuming the words of the kingdom as soon as they were put in there mm. you know and so thereby leaving them you know destined to die, mm. you know. So I, I, I pray that you, you can see that. You know, Genesis forty, verses twenty through twenty-two goes on to say, and it came to pass the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast unto all his servants, and he lifted up the head of the chief butler and the chief baker among his servants, mm. and he restored the chief butler unto his butlership again, and he gave a cup into Pharaoh's hand, but he hanged the chief baker, as Joseph had interpreted. Mm. So, of course, the prophecy came came true. Um, the interpretation of the dream came true, and therefore the prophecy will also um, come true, and it did come true. Now the question becomes, when is Pharaoh's birthday? Mm. You know, say again? The third day. It is the third day. But <laughs> when is the third day? <laughs> <laughs> you know yes you know actually this is this was a, a prophecy concerning concerning um, well before I go there let me just show you Pharaoh's birthday for one Pharaoh means what the great house right you know the great house speaks to the temple that was in Yahuda temple that was in Jerusalem you know, it was Jerusalem and spiritual Egypt, right? You know, so in First Kings 8, 1 and 2, it says, this is speaking of when Solomon actually built the great house. You know, the Prince of Peace 
when he built the great house. It says, Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the chiefs of the fathers of the children of Israel, unto King Solomon in Jerusalem, that they might bring up the Ark of the Covenant of Yahuwah out of the city of David, which is in Zion. And all the men of Israel assembled themselves unto King Solomon at the feast in the month of Ethanim, which is the seventh month. And so this is when the temple was first erected. You know, it was it was in the in the seventh month. You know, now <clears throat> that's the physical temple. You know, but there's also a spiritual uh, temple. You know, so there's a alternative interpretation. It could be or have been prophesying the birth or rebirth of a new temple. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what it was uh, what it was doing. And to give you even greater insight, you know, Yochanan 2.19 shares with us the key to the interpretation. It says, Yahushua answered and said unto them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. You know, and so this was actually a prophecy concerning the resurrection of Yahshua mm -hmm. after three days. You know, and it did come to pass in the third day. Mm -hmm. You know, that the chief butler was restored to his butlership. You know, remember Yahshua went to um to Kephas, to Peter, you know, and Set him back on track. But he did end up destroying the chief baker, that is the chief cook, which is a representation of the um, high priest. You know, and why do you call him, why do I call him the chief baker? The high priest, the chief baker? Because it was his responsibility. You know, he was over the bread of the house of Elohim. They had to bake fresh bread all the time, you know, and put it on the table of showbread in the house of Elohim. He was that chief baker. You know, because he, it was his laid to his charge. He was responsible overall for it. You know, and so this was actually a prophecy concerning the resurrection of Yahshua. Yeah. You know, and just as it came to pass in the time of Yosef, it also came to pass in the time of Yahshua. That's all I have for you today. Praise and bless.